can't we can't expect God to do all the work. Um, <laughs> That's the first thing I recorded. Off <laughs> <laughs> to a good start. Hello, this is Bluecast. I'm Ewan. Hello, I'm Rob. Hello, I'm James. But the question is, why are we the Bluecast? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I just noticed what? that Rob posted a bloody um, Ainsley Harriet meme on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Pour that on top of our chicken. You pick up your palette knife and then work that into me. Give your meat a good old rub. That's it. Nice and hot. Hot and spicy meat. <laughs> yeah, boy. Okay. Um... Okay, right. Today, we're going to be discussing a little game that has been part of my life since I don't know how long, probably since the beginning at this stage. Uh, a little game about a little purple dragon called Spyro. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very good. <laughs> well, like, he is amazing. Like, the, the, sorry, the like, the character Spyro, best video game character ever, I think. Oh, I agree. And the thing is, like, I didn't get into Spyro till, like, I think it was, like, about six or so years ago, which is interesting because mm. I imagine you two have, like, coming at it from, and played it since childhood, whereas I got into it when I was, like, 20. Seriously? Wow. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that when we talk about how we discovered Spyro. But... Okay, so Spyro the Dragon is one of the earliest kind of uh, mainstream kind of mascot characters that came out in the late 90s, I want to say. Is it late 90s? Just double check that. Uh, 1998, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, he was a PlayStation 1 video game character um, who had three video games comprised into a trilogy. And he was on par with Crash Bandicoot. He was developed by the developer Insomniac Games. And he became basically a bit of an icon for the PlayStation. And his gameplay centered around kind of a platformer action game, which was a bit more vastly complex than your typical like sort of platformer like Super Mario 64 or Crash Bandicoot. It was a bit more open world in the sense that you could run around massive environments and explore and do multiple goals simultaneously. It was very different from your average platform game for the PlayStation or well, that, N64. Well, that's the the big thing, is that Spyro is, is clearly a platformer in the Mario 64 mold, in that, you know, Mario yeah. is, is all... It, the Mario 64 is that you've got, like, this one big hub world, and then you go into all of these different little sub-levels and sub-worlds through portals. So you, hmm. you've got that basic same premise in Spyro, but what Spyro does is just completely expand on that concept. Oh, so yeah, because like, you've got... um, you get diff- multiple different homeworlds and stuff. Because yeah. Mario 64, you just got the big castle. In Fire- each Spyro game, you've got different homeworlds you travel to, and each has like about five or six levels in each one. Yeah, yeah. And each one has their own unique boss, and they all have their own hidden secrets and things to discover, mm-hmm. and different characters. And of course, then the other big difference with Spyro the Mario is, is Spyro's moveset because he is a dragon. <laughs> that, that, that allows for a lot of really fun creativity with his moveset that is just so unique to him. You don't 
see a character like that like they were they were i know the developers were originally thinking of like an anthropomorphic dragon which you can kind of see with the designs of the dragon of like the adult dragons in in the first game mm. um you know what you know where they're all standing up oh yeah but um i think they realized that there was just a lot more they could do if he was more like an animal, more, you know, running around as a quad, as, as a quadruped. Oh, the thing um, that weirds me out is apparently he was originally going to be green, and I cannot imagine him <laughs> green. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, a, a, he is a dragon. Like, your your main thoughts for dragons is that they're either going to be, like, red or, or green. I mean, the oh, reason yeah. he wasn't green is because he blended in too much to, like, the, um, like, the grass. Grass, yeah. Is that natural, like... Developers detail them. Um, that, that is that, that is actually why they changed him from green to purple. And I actually like Furum as purple because it's oh, he's, he's, makes he's, him more iconic. Is Spyro the purple dragon? That's like again one of his his hallmarks is, is his color. He's a little purple dragon. Yeah. One thing I just wanted to sort of go on because you mentioned like how the design of the dragon like allows for like a lot more like move sets and stuff like that. I gotta say it expands over like the the original trilogy like he gets more moves as he goes along i mean by the mm. third game he's riding a skateboard so you know the, the, um. the, oh yeah the, the, the skateboard the skateboard in spyro 3 is probably one of the coolest and most fun parts of yeah. not just that not just that trilogy but all of gaming <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's he, up there for me He's spouting fireballs and gliding and like doing like I think he does like a belly flop at one point or something like that. Oh, just, that like, head smash. Head, head smash, smash. Sorry, no, I'm getting confused yeah. with Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, one of the developers, John Fiorito, mm-hmm. talked about how what was really cool was the way the trilogy developed. He said that with the first game, you know, you're always proud of your baby. It's your first game. You loved it, but obviously, it was still very skin and bones. Yeah. Uh, he said that the second game was when they had everything that they wanted done right. You know, like all of the I, kind of mechanics. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But then with the third game, they said that's when we started experimenting <laughs> and going really crazy oh, and just put, putting in a ton of like really fun, crazy mechanics that. Um, I, I really love know. that. That's really cool because, like, yeah. they're, they're basically finding their feet, aren't they? Like, throughout yeah, this trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I played, the, I played the three games in the reverse order, mm. so um, of course, so so of course, my views are a bit slightly different. So, if I played the first one first, I might be a bit more impressed with it when I played it. But when I, so I started with three, I was, I was like, oh, oh, this is oh, like gaming bliss. Oh no, the the first game is is a massive like if you were playing it three to one. The, it's, it's a massive downgrade. <laughs> like it's 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 actually crazy how much they improved on the concept. Like it, Spyro just moves so much more fluidly yeah. by the third game. Oh, it's like just little things like the hover mechanic they added in two completely changed flying. You know things like that. I, I really just think it's so cool that we have a, a platforming gaming protagonist that is a dragon. Like literally, yeah, of course, it's the first kind of platforming character that i've seen that is a dragon and i've never seen anything else overtaken but like let's be honest who doesn't like dragons <laughs> this was boring people this was the thing that really won me over as a kid because i was obsessed with yes dragons. Like, so was i the whole the whole mythology of them um any reference to dragons in mythology and legend i would eat up as a kid 
mm. uh, fairy fairy tales, anything, you know. So I was obsessed with like the story of Merlin with like the it's like the red and white dragons that he found under the castle. This is like an actual Arthurian legend. Um and you know, just and then of course things like Chinese dragons. I, I loved going to like Chinese New Year uh, in Chinatown uh, just to see like the dragon that was going around the, the town, and they would like throw cabbage into its mouth. Um, My cabbages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I and I, I had. I think James. I get the feeling you may have also have had a dragonology book. But then maybe I, I you're absolutely correct. I actually have it. I actually have it on my shelf next to me. <laughs> I, I just, I just knew of all the people I know, Rob, uh, James would also have a, um, a dragon. I need to book. sit down and read through it at some point. Actually, it's pretty amazing. Like it's got yeah. like a whole dragon anatomy and everything. It's like yeah, they they explained mm. how like fire breathing works. It's like little pop out like... bits. It's just such a cool yeah. book, man. That sounds yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> Wait, you, Rob, you don't know this. You don't know. No, I've never really um, looked into like dragons, which is weird. Like, mm. I mean, I just think, oh, dragons, they're cool. But I've never really thought to look into like law behind them or anything. Sure, sure. That's fair, yeah. You're more they, of a sci-fi guy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very much more into my science fiction and my fantasy. Aside from stuff like Lord of the Rings and there's a couple of other bits here and there, but a lot of fantasy just kind of... I, I think aesthetically just doesn't really do much for me. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, another thing that I was obsessed with as a kid was The Hobbit with... Uh, with, with I'm going to call Smaug. him Smog. Smog. His name's Smog. I'm not going to Smog. Smog is stupid. They pronounce it's stupid. His name's Smog because Smog sounds more like a, a dragon. It sounds like smoke. Anyway, Spyro. But yeah, sorry, yes, but no, there's a thing that I wanted to explore is that like during the '90s and the 2000s, there was a more like I think there was a more keen interest in dragons. I think in fiction, mm. video games, everything. You know, like it, you look back to that period, there was like the. American Dragon Cartoon Show, for instance. Yeah, was, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante Fosco, aka Rufio from Hook and Zuko from The Last Airbender. Ah, there yeah, we go. yeah. Just, awesome. you, you know, there was a lot of dragons in, like, there was a Xiaoning Showdown dragon, for instance. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Tr- Chan. Jackie Chan had a dragon, you know. And then what was that? And yeah. Dragon Ball Z as well, kind of. What, what, what was that oh, series yeah. of films as well? The series of films that involved a dragon with his heart. Dragon Heart? Is it Dragon Heart? It's Dragon Heart. Yeah, Dragon. Is, it's funny you mentioned that because that was the original inspiration for Spyro. Snappity do. Also, everyone, everyone's favourite, Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, apparently those books are quite good. I need to get one into of, them at some point. One of one of my colleagues pronounced Aragorn as Aragon. Um, which made me chuckle the other day. So <laughs> it's weird that Aragon's coming up a lot lately. Um, yeah, he was talking about it like he was. Yeah, he said he said the exact same thing as you, James, is that he needs to get around to reading them eventually. I, mean, I remember seeing the film in this cinema when it came out, and I think it was it's about bad, isn't it? scene at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's basically it's literally Star Wars, the original Star Wars film, but um, thrown into a fantasy setting. That, that so is plot beats are exactly the same. But spoilers, that is literally what the books are like as well. So, <laughs> well, if well, you've seen Star Wars, you've you've read Aragon. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. 
Let's spin this back to Spyro, though, in the sense of the yes. story. In the story of yeah. Spyro. So Spyro, I'm going to be honest, is not a story-oriented game, but it does have a fun, fun, quirky kind of like, you know, good versus evil storyline going out yeah. for out. And it yeah. has the great cast of characters as well, at least from the second game onwards. Are they? Yes, yeah. You introduce like, so many new characters. Like, yes. You've got mm. Hunter, who's, and you get, of course, in the third game, you get characters you can actually play as, like Sergeant Bird mm. and Agent Nine. Oh, we're going to get. We're, oh, gonna, yeah. we're just going to have a whole thorough discussion we're, on Sergeant we're, Bird we're, later on. We're going to we're gonna discuss Sergeant Bird. Um, yeah. Is Hunter a cheater? I think so. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> you might be a <laughs> cheater to, sure. to connect to our ne- last episode. <gasps> You know, yeah, I was just about to say, like, Beast Wars Cheetah just evolved into Cheetah in Spyro. <laughs> yeah, no, James, James, you're right. The the story always kind of took a, a backbench to the, the gameplay in Spyro. Like, the first game is very, like, you know, oh, there's literally a cutscene at the beginning where Nasty Nork, the villain, goes, oh, I don't like you dragons, and then he, like, turns all the dragons into stone. It's, and that's because the dragons were bad-mouthing him, so they were yeah. so like, oh, how dare you bad-mouth me? Mm. They're literally bad-mouthing him live on TV. Uh, <laughs> they have, like, they have like a movie camera and a, and a boom mic. <laughs> so there's, there's apparently TV in the Spyro universe. Oh, yeah, they've got, um, like, microphones. There's, like, so many anachronisms, because yeah. that's an... Oh, they, like, they that's don't care. That's one of the things I love about Spyro, it's like, if there's all these different kind of worlds. Like there's um, in Spyro City, there's this couple of worlds of like robots in like future cities, as like yeah, yeah. ancient Egypt. They're like robot businessmen, though. They're all like off to work. <laughs> oh yeah, and like a, and there's like a and robot Spyro farmyard. Got like yeah, and there's also um, in Spyro Three, one of my favourites is um, you've got um, Wild West dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Spyro Three, like just playing. The games recently, Spyro 3 really ups the ante on the level design and the game worlds. Do you know, um, like they're really memorable. I can compare it more to a Nickelodeon cartoon than like a fantasy trilogy of yeah, games. It's, that's, that's very accurate. Yeah, like uh, you look at like cartoons and stuff like that. Often they're not plot driven; they're character driven. We remember the characters yeah. in shows like SpongeBob, for instance, and mm. coincidentally, they share the same voice actor. SpongeBob, yes, Tom, Sp- Kenny. Tom Kenny well, is Spyro. So in the first game, he was voiced by I forget the voice actor's name, but he voiced Rocco in Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. Uh, I noticed. I noticed that he's got a bit of a it looks like I got things to do kind of voice, and it's like oh dear. <laughs> it's but then but he's like hey, I'm Spyro. No, I can't do a voice of it. Sorry. <laughs> so someone yeah. do a better voicing for me, but like um, basically, I think when you look at like cartoons on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon, that characters speak for themselves rather than the stories and i think with spyro yeah. we remember the characters more than the stories of those games well well spyro he really has for me you, you can kind of see the the like all, almost like you know the the dreamworks eyebrow yeah you know that concept mm-hmm. yeah I, I always get i always get that thing with spyro where he's got like the raised eyebrow he's he's a 90s kid with attitude is what i'm mm-hmm. meaning is that like he's he's got that same kind of look he goes skateboarding with his skateboarding pal hunter like they're they're yeah, going yeah. for a very specific kind of 90s cool that oh, like, i like really um, appreciate have you played was it the um lego island game yes oh, i love yeah. the lego island <laughs> The protagonist is that the um, was it the um, skateboarding pizza delivery dude or, yeah. or self-proclaimed dude of the food named Pepper Roni? Oh wow, that's amazing! 
and he has to go yeah. save the world from the Brickster. Oh yeah, the Brickster he breaks out of prison using a pizza to melt the lock. Watch this. A dash of jalapeno, a touch of anchovy, a little of this, a little of that, and voila. Step back and watch my dragon breath blow. Uh-oh. See you later, Brickolator. Hey! It's it's interesting <laughs> seeing, yeah, this kind of like, kind of fourth, he's kind of a fourth wall breaking character. I mean, Sparks literally looks at the camera sometimes. So, oh, Sparks the Dragonfly, we should mention, is his little companion that flies around with Spyro. And, and it's, oh my it's, god, yeah, it's, 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 it's his life meter. meter. It's health meter, yeah. Sparks. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they look yeah. at the camera, you know. Sparks is a very cool companion, though. Like, I mean, mm. for the first two games, I want to say, he doesn't yeah. have any dialogue at all. But then no. suddenly, like in the third game, when you do the extra bonus mission levels, he's like... <laughs> 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 and you get to play as him in the third game, and you become like, these top-down shooter levels, which... You do! I think apparently no one seems to like those levels very much. I mean, they're long, I, my least favorite levels like, in the game, but I don't think they're that bad. No, I like them. They're fun. They're like a little, you know, Spyro 3 and, well, Spyro 2 as well. They're made up of a series of um, mini-games, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're also... Which is what I like more than the... One, one of my big issues with the first game is a lot of the levels you're kind of like running around. Yeah. Finding things yeah. with like no real like objective. Then in two and three, you're meeting all these characters in the levels, and you get yeah. to try and get yeah. you to do things for better or for oh, worse. Yeah. Alchemist. <laughs> we'll oh, talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll reserve a whole like kind of twenty <laughs> minutes to that. But like we're we'll, we'll, we'll going to say uh, in regards to the mini missions, they actually kind of modelled themselves very similarly to like arcade machines which look i'm mm. i'm a guy that goes i like the arcade i love arcade. We, we do we do love the arcade That's yeah true. there is a picture this picture of me and like you with a, uh, an award we won at an arcade once you won you won me a, a gamer cup i was so happy yeah <laughs> but like but i feel is, bad i need to win you one and then we'll then we'll, we'll, we'll do it after the pandemic blows over arcade machines are unfair i'm gonna be just honest arcade games are designed to make you lose so you can pay more money I feel mm. like that was kind of modelled in the Spyro mini missions. It was sort of like <laughs> this unfair little round, like you're going to fail over and over again to earn your reward. You know what I mean? Oh was, yeah, some of was... some of them are some of them are brutal. But, these oh, maybe, especially the ones in Spyro Three, the ones I don't like. I don't like playing as Bentley the Yeti. He's really slow, really sluggish, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, ben, Bentley and Agent Nine are really noticeably slow because, like, Ch Spyro has a charging thing where he can like sprint around the map. And yeah. when you start playing as these slower characters, it's really noticeable Although how in, slow they are. In Reignited, they've majorly fixed Agent Nine. Agent Nine now controls like a third-person shooter, and it feels oh, so good. Cool. Yeah, well, that will be the. Um... I actually no. really enjoyed the Agent Nine missions in the Reignited trilogy. Uh, oh, they, yeah. You're right; they did fix them really well. Because I remember, I do remember being really annoyed by them when I was playing on the PS1. I was like, "Oh my god, I hate these missions." <laughs> Why? Why why is this a thing? <laughs> uh, yeah. I also remember definitely a... I also remember the Sergeant Bird missions being a complete nightmare. I um, enjoy the, No, I, I enjoy the Sergeant Bird ones. They're fun. But I like the flying I, around a lot. You do. And it's a penguin, so I can't complain. But yeah. also but um <laughs> but in the Reignite trilogy it's so much better. I think Yeah. 
They, I, I think we're going to be fair to the developers back then. They were limited by what they could do in such a big atmospheric 3D environment to like, you know. Oh, I, I want to, I discovered this recently researching. It really needs to be stressed. The first game was made by a team of 10 people. Okay, do you know what they did to Ten. get around like how big the levels were? This was a, this is something that's amazing is basically they didn't um for things that were like far away in the distance they didn't load like the whole level so they had mm. it so the level loaded while you flew into it so it kind of like they got more detailed as you went in right right yeah so like the the draw distance kind of like started would expand as you run around basically yeah, yeah. basically it's kind of like they mm. um had the things like lo lower res as a as they were further away and then as you got closer to them, yeah you could see i, I think more I, popping out. I think i noticed that playing it recently yeah you could you could kind of see details kind of like coming in yeah by yeah, that's by an intentional thing it's something it's like if you don't notice it that if you don't know it's there I, you wouldn't know basically and the yeah but the thing is you know so the first game was made only by 10 people which is such a ridiculously small team to make a, a what was a, a tentpole game at the time but even then by the time they made spyro 3 they had a team get this of 25 people <laughs> so that makes Spyro 3 that much more amazing so it's what yeah. Spyro is already one of my favorite games ever. the fact it was made by only 25 people just yeah it just blows my mind at the games like that, you really wonder like how it was made, and like they were made so quickly. Like Spyro Two, like when they made, they started working on it like immediately after the first game came out. I think they got it out like a year later or especially, something, or like yeah. especially con yeah. considering like I'm quickly going on to was it Spyro into the Dragonfly? Oh yeah, which is not very <laughs> good. Wow. That was made, the team that made that game, they had never made a game before and they had to rush that game out to meet a Christmas release date. So that's why it came out as a broken mess where you can yeah. easily glitch your way to the final boss from the first home world. Yeah, and, and Insomniac stopped making them, mainly because they just kind of wanted to move on and do different things. But Spyro was still owned by Universal Entertainment, I think. Uh, yeah, Universal Interactive. Yeah. Universal Interactive, that was it. And um, they kept uh, getting studios to keep making the games. And um, you can really see the, the quality drop from uh, Insomniac leaving onwards. Um, I wanted to say... games. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hero Sailwood, um, from what I played of it, it was quite fun. It's different, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, they've tried to do more of a Jack and Daxter kind of Oh, yeah. Thing, I, and I, from what I played, it I was wanna... kind of fun. I want to talk about, I, I, you know, I, I actually really enjoyed the Legend of Spyro games for the PlayStation 2. Yeah, I've not um, played those. I, I, I just, I think I looked at them and they just looked, the gameplay just didn't, looked like didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, well, no, that's fair. That's fair, but I, I, I mean, look, I'm going to be upfront and say it. The gameplay isn't for me, but the story really is. And it's very yeah, weird. Great. It's very um, weird because I mean I don't know if you agrees with like maybe you enjoyed the gameplay of the games, but um... it, it was it was fine. I remember it like you know being serviceable, like but not not as engaging as like the original game. Well, that's the thing. Like I think the Spyro games of old like put the gameplay first rather than the storyline. But yeah. in a weird yeah. kind of twist of events, the um, Legend of Spyro games actually put story first. And it was mm. a bit like a weird Lord of the Rings kind of storyline that they put. It is, yeah. And, and they you... even got Elijah Wood as Spyro. They did, they, yeah. They did, yes, they did. They had, they had Elijah Wood and Gary Oldman 
voicing, which is kind of crazy to think, like looking back. But yeah, no, so they, they were big games when they came out. Like, you know, they, they were the return of Spyro at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's only recently with Spyro reignited that they've kind of like pushed for them to be forgotten, I guess. But oh, because yeah, they, I, yeah, they were fine. I, I don't... Skylanders for that. Skylanders did not need to have Spyro in it. No. Like, they, well, just I, I, it they just put him in those games so they had I, an IP they were to attach to it. And they... Why did they redesign it to look mm-hmm. like a, a bloody pub? Well, okay, again, for listeners, viewers, um, Spyro, the Skylanders games were made um, basically as their own thing, and, and Spyro was in them. But as as Rob said, for some reason, he was in them. But uh, I can't I can't hate Skylanders too much, because I think it was the same developers who did them, went on to do um, the Reignited trilogy. Yes, they are. I think so, yeah. yeah. The, the animated series is quite good as well. They actually give Spyro a good storyline in that. To be oh, right. right. Oh. I heard um, like Crash Bandicoot a voice when Crash Bandicoot, the appeal of Crash Bandicoot is he doesn't speak. Oh yeah, he's, a, he's Australian in the cartoon series. What is your name, young man? Crash. Crash Bandicoot. And I have no idea how I got here. Last thing I remember, I was on the Wumpa Islands and about to free my friend Tana from the clutches of the evil Dr. Neocortex. <laughs> Yeah, right. Crash Bandicoot's only sound should be but for, uh, but for the record yeah, they we'll do, do that, we'll do a Crash episode eventually we will yeah. but like uh, just for the record because you I mean obviously there's the Legend of the Spyro trilogy where they have new there's amazing characters in it including Cinder uh, yeah, yeah Cinder who's basically um, a dragon that like accompanies Spyro and they have a bit of a it's a bit, I can I say, it's a basically a romantic relationship between the two. It, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a very cute romance. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very, like, you know, kid kid friendly. It's, it's fun. But it's, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of, like, lore in those games, which is interesting. Like, the idea that, like, Spyro is, is uh, like, a purple dragon is kind of a unique thing that happens once every generation. And, and Cinder's a black dragon, and, you know, so she's kind of... That's... She's originally predisposed to be evil until, of course, um, Spyro essentially it subverts, rescues her. From it subverts that. the expectation of like black being associated with darkness and evil and all that. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Also, bring back to what you're saying there, like Spyro Dragon being purple. Like mm. for for the whole like original trilogy of Spyro, we didn't know why he's purple. He's just a purple dragon. It's a nice <laughs> color. But in the Legend of Spyro trilogy, he literally mm. just like he's a purple dragon. He's the most powerful dragon of them all, and he can like, spout purple energy and defeat bosses. And he, like... he's basically um, the avatar of the dragon universe. Yes, yes. Oh my god, that's a fantastic comparison. Oh the god. idea is that he can do all the different. He can do all the different breaths. So he can do fire, ice, lightning, and everything. And, great. Yeah, and the final boss of like the the Legend of Spyro is so epic, where you just get to use your purple ability. And you're like spurting mm. out purple flame or whatever. Ooh. It's just like it's so cool. It is very cool. Yeah. Like, oh, and Mark, Mark Hamill voiced the final villain in, in that as well. I should mention. And he voiced the final um, villain in Avatar. He voiced Ozai, Fire Lord. Wait, did, seriously? Yeah. Wait, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Mark Hamill, yes. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we've we've kind of just gone like fully into this conversation i i just wanted like pull things back a little bit just to be like um because we we we've this has become a bit of a staple is is how did you first discover spyro i know rob you kind of 
touched on it. So is there anything else you wanted to say or, or is it? Oh, so your... I'll explain why I came to Spyro so late after these games kind of were made. So yeah. um, we're going to do a whole episode on PS1 Avengers just talking about different games. So yeah, might yeah. touch upon some of this, but... But I didn't actually get a PS1 until like Christmas 2001. And even then, me and my family upgraded to the PS2 like a year later. Mm. Aside from like the original Tomb Raider game, most of the games that m- me and my family owned were tie-in games like Star Wars, The Phantom Menace and Toy Story Racer. So I ended up missing out on a lot of classic games. Yeah. I didn't really discover Spyro until I think 2004 when um, me and my siblings all clubbed together to get a GameCube. And one of the games we bought with it was Enter the Dragonfly, which, yeah, as a first impression, Spyro isn't really good. I played it a couple times i think it was about 10 or 11 and it just didn't grab me so mm. yeah i kind of didn't really know spiral was this legendary character <laughs> and but then in 2013 i started watching this youtuber named kadikras who did a lot of videos at the time talking about various games on the ps1 mm. and the, i could see from his videos he clearly had a passion for for the console and the games on it and it made me realize oh shit, I missed out on all these great games. Yeah, so I, yeah. I then went on a, like, a kind of an Amazon spree like trying to find like, as many classic PS1 games as I could to play. And I eventually managed to get like, a copy of Spyro 3 for like £10 or something, which was mm. pretty good because at the time it was going for like £20. And so I yeah. played it and I was in, instantly immersed in, in the game and, was, and it just felt like pure gaming bliss to me. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to play more. I think eventually I got around to getting Spyro 2. And, I, and funny, I didn't actually play the original Spyro, so I played the reignited version. Well, that, that's probably the best way to play the first game anyway. So. But uh, uh, James, what, what was your first experience? Do you have any, any interesting story? <laughs> well, okay. Um... <laughs> Digging into the deep recesses. So I think it all started when my brother's friend, when I was like really young, his my brother's my brother's friend lent my brother the video game to play, and I was like, oh my god, what is how how's this game working and all that. Basically, first the glimmer level, and then we got stuck in the hub world, Um, (laughs) and then obviously I just got stuck there for like twenty four seven, and eventually got to return the game. But then. I was in the shops with my grandma and she said, I'm going to buy you a game, any game you want. And it was PlayStation 1 games. Like, this is Woolworths, by the way. I'm not oh, sure if you guys... Uh, yeah, I... Woolworths. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. we were shopping in Woolworths. This is a thing. This is an ancient relic at this point. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, for those who don't know, Woolworths... Um... <laughs> I mean, you might have American listeners, they don't know what Woolworths is. I just love, no, I just love that, you know, like, for those who don't know, Woolworths was the shop. It just, it's so it, dead it, at this point. Yeah, I know. It's been like for over the, it was a chain of shops in the UK. I think they mainly sold toys and stuff, but they sold other stuff like clothes and yeah, it was the dad pick a mix. I probably associated it as a toy shop. For for Americans watching, it was like the uh, try and save from The Simpsons. I think it's called. Is it the try and save? Woolworths was like a pick a mix place. I mean, it was infamous. Yeah, it was like infamous for its pick a mix. It was a discount store. Um, it sold video games, books, and toys, and uh, cooking appliances, and everything basically. Yeah, yeah. But it was the central place in my local high street to buy video games. Uh, and DVDs mm. and move and VHS tapes as well. 
God, I feel old. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. uh, my grandma at the time was like, I'm going to buy you anything you want. I was probably like seven, eight all the time. And she said like, you know, whatever you want. I picked Spyro 3. So she bought me Spyro 3 and I went home and I had a PS1 at home and I just played it like all the way through, you know, Ooh. I didn't, I didn't yeah. get the, I didn't get the secret ending, unfortunately, but I played it to the point where I defeated the evil. What's her face? It's like her, the, the um, evil. The, um, what, 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 sorry. Dragon Queen. Sorcerer. Sorceress. Yes. Sorceress. Sorceress. Yeah. I defeated yeah. the evil sorceress yeah. and I got a lovely cute scene with, um, uh, Hunter and, uh, Beatrice. Bianca. Yeah. 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 Bianca. Bianca. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Bianca. And, then he, like, as far as like, oh, I gotta go hunt the eggs myself. But that's as far as I got. Yeah. But like, it was, it's a happy memory. That's how I got in, like, introduced to the trilogy. It's a, a gift from my grandma to conclude that. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. So in more wolves. My, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess my story is, is just as, like, ancient as yours, uh, James. Like, oh dear. in terms of all of the weird things that existed then that don't now. Um, so I first discovered Spyro, I played the original Spyro game, Spyro 1, except I only played it on a demo disc. Remember demo disc? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, um, wait, wait. I've got an interesting story about demos, actually. Okay. Did you know, on the original, I think on the original Crash and Spyro games, they hid the, like, demos of each other's games. Like, on Crash 3, you into the chat, you've got a demo for Spyro 1, and on oh, Crash wow. 2 Racing, you've got a demo for Spyro 2. Then I think, you're... Yeah, I think um, Crash Bash got a demo for Spyro 3, and then for the Spyro games it was reversed. And then for Spyro 3, if you went to the cheat code on the Crash Bash demo, you played practically the whole game of Crash Bash. Yeah, so with uh, the demo, I remember it had like a bouncy ball game, uh, which presumably was like a ball thing. It was, you know, one of those games that you had to like roll the ball down like a, a ramp kind of thing, mm. which mm -hmm. I assume it was like a... a you know, probably a PS1 title somewhere. Uh, and Tomb Raider. So I actually had a bit of the Tomb Raider game um, where I think I made it through like a couple of sections before I had no idea what I was doing and then stopped. But I had a couple of levels of Spyro, including the first kind of little section and I think one of the, one of the levels. And um, yeah, it, it kind of made such a huge impression on me at the time. Like I said, I was a big, uh, big dragon fan in general. So I was, I was kind of obsessed with Spyro as a kid, it, it was my favorite game. Yeah. Uh, to the to the point that my parents got me uh, for Christmas. Eventually, got me a little a little Spyro stuffed toy. Oh, uh, seriously? Oh, Did, oh my god! I've got, got one recently, actually, a Spyro plush toy. I've got one. I think uh, some website was um, like advertising on Facebook. Yeah, and but. Like, and I was like, I was spiral pressure. I was like, oh my god, I've got to get this. And I yeah, like, no, I do not. I, I've seen it on your Instagram. I, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to share a little picture of that because it's adorable. Yeah, of course, but, go for it. Um, but also, like uh, for you and sake as well, like for back then to get a soft mm. toy, a soft spiral toy, it was ridiculously difficult. Obviously, we're living in the age of internet; you can get a spiral yeah. plush toy. So your can I just say your parents kick ass? I know, oh, yeah. I know. It was really cool. They, my dad also. Um, I, I'll send some photos for the video because there, there's some fun uh, toys. I remember, like, yeah. So this was in two thousand, literally the year two thousand. At the this is like unrelated to Spyro, by the way, but it's interesting. No, no, um, go talk about it. yeah, go on. In in the year two thousand, I went to the Millennium Dome when it first opened. So oh, again, as well. For, for those who don't know, the Millennium Dome is the original name of the O2. 
Um, so when it first opened, it was like basically this big kind of like funfair kind of thing that was going on inside it. it. Fun story yeah, about so the Millennium Dome is, um, you know, they had those coins for the, I think the machines there. Yeah. I kept yeah. my coin and my oh, mum was cool. like, <laughs> Probably. Years, later, years later, I found it in my room. My mum was like, "Oh, well, that's probably worth money because most yeah. people just spent them in the machines." I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I still have it. Oh, uh, no. But um, my dad, we were walking around like all these like kind of fun fair like attractions, and there was like this big. So again, I was five years old at this point. It really needs to stress to be stressed. I was already a uh, Spyro fan by then mm. because. I saw this really big purple dragon. It wasn't Spyro, but it was like a big purple dragon toy uh, at this basketball like thing. You know where you had to like throw the ball into the basket to like to get a prize, and if you got it into the top one, you would get this big purple dragon toy. And um, anyway, I said to I was like, Dad, Dad, you've got to like win this, and he did. <laughs> so. It was one of the coolest things my dad wait, ever wait, wait, was. Wait, so you would, you, you won an arcade machine? Like, I mean, not an arcade I, machine. Like, my, uh, no, 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 no. It was one of those attractions where you threw a ball into a basket. And he, and, he, and, and, yeah. and, and he actually threw it into the basket? He got it into the basket, yeah. How the, happened. How the, how the heck? <laughs> I've never... I, oh, I, oh, that's amazing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting next to the big purple dragon. I've had it this whole time, the last Wait, ha- how old were you when, uh, you when this happened, sorry? I, well, I was I was born in 95, and this was the year 2000, so <laughs> I was literally five years old. You must have been um, so You must have been so happy, like, oh my god, I got the spider toy! <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the coolest thing ever. But yeah, anyway, I'm not even finished on this story because... Sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I played no 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 it's fine it's just it's it's such a long sprawling story um and then I think a few years after that uh I was my mum's sister and I were at Argos because Argos had just opened again this was like a big exciting thing this idea well, that you would like pick wait. things out from uh, a book I Argos was, was around for years so yeah it, it's it's still around but it's I like mean, I mean I've been around since before I was born I think yeah I, I thought I think, I, I think there was a new one that was opened near one, where yeah. I live you mean, yeah, it, did, it, did it sort of enter, enter the mainstream at that point basically like maybe a, maybe because I I feel I, like like Argos was around for years before I was born. Yeah, because I yeah. Here's why I know this because um, um, basically there's I remember seeing adverts for a, a car for Action Man when I was a kid, and mm. um, and basically I had a, I was living at my grandma's at the time because because me and my family were between houses, and um, I had the dream that I had this car, and I woke up convinced the dream was real, so I was running around the house looking for this Action Man car, like well someone's taken my Action Man car and. I never even had it to begin with. So my grandma went on a mission to get me that car for Christmas. Mm. And the only place that it was some Argos in, um, I, think, um, I think it was in Orpington. So she had to okay. go there on her driving lessons. <laughs> and she was in Argos for so long, the, the her driving instructor um, was thought he might have to start trying to chat up the tra- traffic warden. What? All this to get me this action man car for Christmas. That's, wow. So yeah, like, 
I either went, it was either the first Stargoss I'd ever been to or it had been newly opened. Either way, I was excited at this new novel way of shopping where you would look at things from a book. And um, so I remember looking through it and they had in there um, Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon, which I think, yeah, mum must have just, you know, agreed to buy it or she, like similar to you, James, she must have been like, oh, if you want to get something, you know, well, I'll get it for you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I picked it out. And I'll always remember this. I remember my sister uh, got the Lizzie McGuire movie <laughs> from that from that same that same shopping spree. So um, I have always tied Spyro Free in my head with um, with uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> so I, when, whenever I play it, I can even hear like the music. Yeah. So that was. You know, that's the the crazy world of, uh, I guess, you know, uh, early 2000s. And, that, and that, I think that's why I, I like to tell these, like, uh, stories of how we first came across these things, because they capture such a, a, a time capsule of, like, that particular moment. It kind of, you know... When you discover something for the first time, it kind of it kind of freezes in your brain, and you remember like all of like the context surrounding it. Um, uh, yes, it, even me. Because I think a lot of the things we've discussed so far have been things I've. I think it's going to be the case for a lot of things. Is um, stuff I got into later rather than as a kid. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, as you said, like if you know if you didn't have a PlayStation growing up, you know it's like it's it's realizing just. Like I mean, I I had this recently. Was was I started going crazy buying like uh, the original Tomb Raider games. I got the other two Crash Bandicoot games. Um, I got Silent Hill. I got um, Resident, uh, Evil. Resident Evil. You know, I I started going crazy buying all of these old games because yeah, like you don't realize how much of a treasure trove PlayStation, like the PlayStation 1 originally was. Um, you know, it kind of got overshadowed by the PlayStation 2. Like the PlayStation 2 was like this big event. Oh but yeah, because I got the PS1 at the very end of its life cycle style. And yeah. like, even then you had like tying games and Tomb Raider. But like the PlayStation 1 had like so much going for oh. it but you know we'll, we'll, we'll talk about playstation 2 games as well but like yeah the playstation 1 was was kind of amazing yeah. i'm looking forward to doing the ps1 episode because it is on the list oh yeah of course there's there's a lot to discuss back to spyro <laughs> we were talking yeah. about the music yeah like the a lot of it is is burned into my brain especially oh. tracks from spyro 3 oh same here i mean that was the first one i played so when i played i pretty played it over the summer the music just it's one of the reasons I love the game. Especially, I think my favourite track on the game is um, one called Seashell Shore. Not sure if you're going to Yeah, uh, Seashell's yeah, it's, great. It's, 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 it's just this really fun, bouncy number, and I just get yeah. really into it, and I, I hear it. I was, I was tempted to learn it on guitar at one stage. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got Sergeant Bird's, like, military theme drum yes! in my head. Yes, that is great. Um, every so often, I'll just think about that that tune. Um, also, can we just talk about the fact that like all the birds, like the the NPCs, are all just like French birds? <laughs> they're all they're all oh, French yeah. hummingbirds. Yeah, they're um they're he's 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 Bird Sergeant Bird. He's you know he's and the, the James, James James Bond. Yeah, James Bird. That's it. He's the James Bond of of the Spyro universe. Um, there's even a level later on where he goes on a date with uh, with a fairy. I think. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a whole. He's he's a suave penguin. 
And there is a level where there is a furry Lara Croft in Spyro 3 as well. Really? Yeah. Wait, which yeah. one? It's the ancient, it's like some kind of like um, tomb level where um, yeah. at the end you see this, oh, um, this yeah. furry Lara Croft come out the um, <laughs> tomb and she's like, um, you're here to take my treasure, aren't you? Oh, well, all that's in here was a stupid egg. You can have it. Yeah, yeah. She, she, ha- she has like a really English accent. Yeah. That's that's the crazy thing, like looking, you know, Lara Croft was such a recognizable character even then, like that they were referencing oh, yeah. her. I mean, like eight games, I I knew who she was because she's in like a she's in Lucas Aid adverts. I remember yes. Lucas Aid advert where uh, where was, um, like, this guy yeah. was playing Tomb Raider and then he goes to he pulls to get to take Lucas Aid. Then while well, the game's pulls, like Lara Croft and the guy she's fighting just just pull out Lucas Aid. <laughs> And like, you know, like, I mean, you're right, the LucasAid ads and stuff like that, but also like, she was on the front of every cheap game manual of like, PlayStation 1 games oh, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. going back, and also demo disc manuals as well, like. Mm. she, well, was, she all- was kind of the more like, you know, because Crash Bandicoot and Spyro were like the kid-friendly mascots of, of PlayStation, but Lara Croft was like the cool teenager slash adult um game character Which you know and it, it's like part, 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 partly to do with it, the sexuality but yeah. also the you know but yeah, also interesting, interesting you say that because um she's associated with playstation but she released on the sega saturn before the playstation but mm. she got so oh really I mean, we'll do a two major episodes but yeah but, yeah. yeah she came out on the saturn a couple months before the one. the problem the problem for Lara Croft being on the Sega Saturn is that nobody remembers the Sega Saturn. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, that's think the thing. Genesis, then Dreamcast. They forget yeah, the Saturn yeah. existed. Oh, I mean, Rob, you're 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 being kind to Dreamcast at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, Dreamcast was actually a good console. It, it was, it was, but it, it like didn't sell. I mean, well, no, I should remember the Dreamcast existing, but I did, I didn't know who made it. I mean, so I'm reading that in like. Magazines and well, stuff. Well, yeah. before before I make the next point, I think Dreamcast had a bit of a promotional failure. Do you know what I mean? It didn't have the exclusives oh, yeah. apart from Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, and it just yeah. didn't really inform by that. Also, you could easily pirate games onto it because the laser was was, was really rubbish, so you could easily pirate games. You could just burn, you could just burn a game onto like a um, a blank CD and play it on the Dreamcast. I did not um, know that. We have to so, we have to talk about that on. We maybe we should do a Dreamcast episode. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like what my favorite music it is. It might be the uh, the evening is is the evening evening lake. Yeah, oh, that's got a um, really, really cool. Um, what's it called? Homeworld, but it's got the. Yeah. Replace my singing it with a sample, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, James, we were just like saying, you know. I went to play the PS4 game earlier, the Reignite trilogy, and when I heard the Spyro theme playing going like. Whatever. I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like. Uh, yeah. And to hear it all orchestrated once again, it was just like, oh, it's amazing what they've done with it. And mm. but even also the original games, there's kind of like retro feel. The soundtrack is very nice. Mm. It's just oh like, yeah, no, yeah, the, that old like PlayStation um, audio, yeah, I mean, like, really has aged. It's aged well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my favorite boot up screen of all time is that PS One boot up screen. It just. It, mm. it, um, hearing that just um, brings back so much like nostalgia. Just, 
And it, even today, it just sounds so awesome. Like, why can't consoles do that now? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah there's, there's something to be said. I, this is a very, this is an actual very geeky uh, game critic term, but it's uh, game feel. Um, what is it about Spyro, especially, but also Crash Bandicoot? Like the the game feel, the way that the game feels when you're playing it is just so. As you said, uh, Rob, it's it's gaming bliss. It's just so fun to play and run around smashing uh, boxes to get gems, and the gems make this really oh, yes. nice little jingling sound when you collect them. Because when uh, I first played them yeah. in Spyro 3, I was on, I'd play it for hours, so I was just so mm. immersed in what I was doing. Yeah. It, you get sucked into its world like, like nothing else. Um, there's just so much variety and character and... Um, you, like especially, especially the hub worlds. Like the hub worlds feel very like alive and that's, stuff's going on in them. That's the thing. I think that's what separates Spyro from like Sonic the Hedgehog and Crash Bandicoot in a way, and Mario as well. Like it's the fact that like they made the hub worlds and every level immersive in the sense yeah. that like you could literally explore the HUD you're going to go around. You know, it wasn't like a warp room in Crash Bandicoot where you could just run around in the like two D yeah. side scroll sort of yeah. thing. You literally, it was a whole world. It was a whole world you can jump into. You can jump into another world. And in that world, you had multiple missions to do, you know? You felt like mm, it's, yeah. one of, it's one of the earliest examples of an open world, I'd argue. The thing with the uh, with Mario is that, that Mario has a very set... like Because like I said, Spyro is very similar to Mario in terms of design. But Mario has such a set um, selection of characters and things that have to be in the Mario game. You know what I mean? There's very little... Well, apart from maybe once they got to, like, Mario Odyssey, um, they really started, like, pushing, like, oh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. But even then, it's always kind of limited to, like, Nintendo stuff. Whereas you really, get, you really get the sense with Spyro of like, yeah, like they, they could reference whoever they wanted, yeah. they do whatever they wanted. They, they did yeah. like, they, you could go in, you know, there's not, that's why I love Spyro, the, the variety of the different levels you've yeah. got and the, the character in each, each, each world has its like own identity. Yeah. One of my favourite things in Spyro 2 is uh, I think there's kind of like a war between um, slugs and birds. Like in one level, you're helping yeah. out the bugs, and then the next, yeah. then another level in the same home world, you're helping out the birds. Yeah, and there's like, one of the big things there's like Romeo and Juliet thing going on between um, yeah. the um, there's a female bird called Juliet and a, a kind of slug monster called Romeo. Mm. And part of the mission is you've got to go and and fetch Juliet. Mm. Also, from a technical oh. tip, oh sorry, okay, you and fish Rob. No, no, no. What yeah, was I was finished. The technical difficulty is like I think. Mario 64 was didn't have a brilliant camera, if I'm honest. It didn't... The camera... I mean, it was it was the first time they've ever done this kind of... What? Oh, that's the sound it makes. I love I love Mario 64. And I love Mario Sunshine and stuff like that. But, like, the camera in Mario 64 was just so kind it's of very, limited. Whereas, whereas in Spyro, they did eventually get control of the camera to the point where you can follow your character around and stuff like that. And... Yeah, they, 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 one they make it of Mario 64 as well is... That bloody N64 controller is mm. a nightmare. Oh my god, don't even start. Like, oh, I had to play Pokemon. <laughs> I remember playing like Pokemon Arena and all that on it. Uh, no, no, yeah, Pokemon Arena mm. and Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Stadium. 
Mm. Pokemon Stadium, sorry. No, not Pokemon Arena. Pokemon Stadium, you're right, yeah. And Pokemon Snap. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about... I think, James, this is probably really obvious for you, but who would you say your favourite character is in, in Spyro? Uh, just in the in the whole pantheon. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's... Um, mm. It's a certain penguin called Sergeant Bird, obviously, because like he's just cool. He's a he, he, look, like, yeah. he he's a flying penguin with missiles coming out of his ears. He's he's doing great. So, Sergeant Bird. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm going to say the I'm going to say give a boring answer and say Spyro just because Spyro is so cool. But I do have a soft spot for Agent Nimes. He's like a, a crazy monkey who's obsessed with shooting things that's fair enough <laughs> yeah i was i was playing his missions today and he is like really erratic and fun where he's like um shouting about oh did you see a reinhardt i thought i saw a reinhardt like, <laughs> i can imagine him being a character in reboot i can genuinely imagine yeah. him being a character in the reboot universe just zapping think, everything um, oh what well, you're not on season three yet there is a character who has a kind of a similar vibe to him in season three Alright. I think I'm gonna, like... Uh, yeah, I love Spyro, but, like, I think I was always a bit of a Hunter fan. Uh, like, especially now replaying it, I think I'm more of a Hunter fan than I was before. So in the first... In, in, he's introduced in Spyro 2, and he's kind of just a, a kind of um, a slapstick character. He's kind of goofing off and kind of useless. Yeah. But then with... Spyro 3, they really up his character and they make him really, like, cool. <laughs> and that, I mean, for I'll, me, he was like a teenager, like, big brother who, like, you would go up to and he was doing all the cool stuff, like skateboarding. Yeah. Uh, what I like about um, Hunter is that in, in the original games, at least, he's kind of a bit um, goofy. He's kind of like, um, he's trying to be cool, but he's kind of just a bit thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he always, in Spyro... I think that's one thing with the Reunited trilogy, like some of the voice acting's a bit hit and miss. And I think okay. one of the things is, um, they did with um, Hunter is they kind of made him a bit more Sonic the Hedgehog-like. Mm. Right, right. It does, I do sense that a lot, actually, with the cheesy like I mean, statements he makes and jokes and whatever, yeah, which Sonic a lot does. Of the voice acting in the Reunited is, it just feels more like generic cartoonish voice Yeah. Them. I think the original voice have like more of a charm to them. Like, I remember mean, this particular favourite of mine, um, I think it's Spyro 3 called, I think it's called ICP, where it's got these, re- Penguins have got these really cool sounding voices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they like, are they the like really like chilled out Penguins? Yeah, those yeah. ones, yeah. Uh, those Penguins, they had, in the original, they had such cool voices and in the ring, yes. they just sound boring. That's no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because like um, looking back, like at the like Spyro two and three, they the characters are very cool and their voice actors are very cool. But like with every dragon you unlocked in Spyro one, there were every, every time there were like there's some wacky voice behind the dragon that you like saved or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and there's a real variety. Yeah, there's a real variety, and there's like one dragon you save right where he just goes like, "Oh, I always thought you could do it, Spyro. You gotta believe." <laughs> I never thought I'd be rescued, especially by such a little dragon. Uh, what I mean is, I always believed in you, Spyro. You gotta believe. <laughs> you can really You're reminding me of Harappa the Rapper because Harappa the Rapper's catchphrase is, I gotta believe. You can really see the um, the progression, I think, from that kind of like cheeky, like um, goofy uh, writing 
you can really see the progression first through like the Spyro games, but then you can really see it like how it would eventually transform into uh, Ratchet and Clank, who uh, Insomniac went on to to develop. That's uh, a good point. point. That's a that very good point. Reminds me of something. To bring back because um, I wish there's the level in Spyro um, Two with the robots in the um, oh yeah in the city who kind of like in the suits. In Spyro 2, those robots look pretty much exactly like Clank. They do, like yeah. Type Clank. Yeah. And they, obviously they changed it for Reignited because their Reignited was made up by Insomniac and Insomniac would sue their asses if they <laughs> made them look like Clank. That's interesting that they changed the appearance. Yeah. Um, yeah, they changed yeah. a lot of the character designs in Reignited. Some mm. for the better, some for the worse. Sure. Oh, I do money, like Moneybags I... is, is a big businessman bear. In the, oh, in the oh, okay, Moneybags. He, he nicks all yeah. your money. He basically said, he says, "Oh yes, Spiral, you can cross the bridge if you pay me a small fee." Yeah. <laughs> his, 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 his whole thing is, I, I really love Moneybags' like really snide remarks that he always makes, where he's just like, "Ah, oh, Spyro, I see you're here again," and. Uh, I, now you see, I know that you're a plucky young dragon who's in need of some cha- of, in need of some help. So you know, the first thing he says in um, in Spyro Three is, uh, "I haven't seen you since we defeated Ripto in Avalar, the uh, the villain in the second game." Well, that's so the thing. Like, Moneybags had, no- had nothing to do with that. <laughs> the, the thing is, with with Moneybags, he's the character. He's the character we love to hate. He's the character yeah. we love to hate. We're one hundred percent. The, I love the bit at the end of Spyro 3 yes, where you get that's, to that's kick the thing. The, the, yeah. the dead of like kind of catch on to the fact that everyone hates him. He's like, right, so we've you've had to deal with him for the past game or whatever, so here's an opportunity to kick his ass and steal all the money back from yeah. him. Go for it. <laughs> it, really, it is really sad. And he's actually just running away like, no, please don't kick my ass. <laughs> oh, can we oh, just, um, oh, just oh, go oh, back and talk about Ripto? Because Ripto yes, is yes. probably the greatest villain in all of Spyro. Uh, well, he's he's like a petulant child. It's it's really yeah. like a, he's, he's got kind of like a Napoleon complex about him. Yeah, because yeah. he's about all of three feet tall and he's yeah, and smaller than Spyro. There's a there's a bit where Spyro like shoots at him and he's like, "Oh, you singed my cape!" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, he, he's got a really interesting voice actor who like, yeah, just he makes him sound like a like a really just kind of angry teenager or something. It's it's like really funny to me because he's like running around like going, oh, "I'll take over this place," and he just sounds adorable when he's doing it. Um, and he's got his two uh, his two big monster buddies that he hangs out with. You uh, ate my like, scepter. They're like these two two idiot like monsters um, that are the main bosses of the game, and then of course Ripto has a really great boss battle. Um, oh yeah, at the end of, at the end of which Spyro you can cheat if you're replaying the game because Wait. I was going to say Spyro Two has the coolest one of the coolest 100 percent bonuses of all the games. Like, oh, is this when basically um um. Yeah, basically what happens is um, in, in the Spyro Trilogy, you get a power-up called Supercharger, but it gives you a super powerful flame for a limited time. Mm. When you 100% the Spyro 2, you get an unlimited super flame. Yes. Which, yeah. um, um, and when you first get it, you're like, huh, I've already beaten the game, what's the point of this? And then you start a, a new save game on the memory card and find out you've got permanent super flame. 
and it completely breaks certain sections. <laughs> but on the plus side, it makes the alchemist mission less annoying, even though still have to do the alchemist twice. Three times is worse. Um, so, okay, the so alchemist, here, well, okay. I'll explain why it's so annoying. Yeah. So the alchemist is this character. Basic Hunter's been a complete idiot and he's got his feet stuck in like bricks of cement. And the only person who can get him out is this alchemist. And you have to lead this alchemist around all these stone giants. And he's yeah. jumping around here and everywhere. If he gets hit by w- one stone giant, have to do the whole thing over and over again. So yeah. that sounds annoying. May you escort me with out, my potion? <laughs> yes. And then what? What's more annoying is when you do that mission, you get to um, you get to do another mission with Hunter, but um, you can only do that mission if you've unlocked the head bash, which you learn from money bags. If you won't have done that, you, if you do the alchemist mission, and then you but you can't do the um, one with Hunter, and but then you come back, you have to do the alchemist mission all over again, uh, even if you've yeah. already done it. The yeah. one thing I noticed with uh, a, a really big improvement from Spyro 2 to Spyro 3 is that with Spyro 2, in some cases, you had to kill all of the enemies to get certain power-ups to work. Um, and all of, and there would be no like shortcuts or anything to the end. Whereas with Spyro 3, they introduced shortcuts to the end of every level once you've completed it so you basically have a free roam of the whole level mm. and you oh, don't yeah. have to, and if you want to use a power up you don't have to kill a certain number of enemies to do it so it just really speeds things up and means you don't have to like repeat stuff over and over i mean when uh, i play these games i normally try and do everything i can in the yeah. one go anyway oh, yeah yeah, 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 what, but that's what, the thing with, with, with that specific alchemist I, mission is that you stumble across it and realise that you have to do it again. Can we just, sorry, just, uh, we can go back, we, we'll go back to the alchemist mission and stuff like that, but like, I want to know from you guys if you had this. Basically, when do you do the Ripto boss fight, if you do not move, mm. like if you don't move an analog stick or whatever, Ripto doesn't move as well. Did you guys get that as well? Because... Oh, I didn't I mean, notice that, no, yeah. no. You know, I, like, did, I noticed that, yeah. You noticed that? Okay, good. So I'm not going mad. Well, no, I, um... didn't, I, did, I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't... I didn't... I normally just run around because I don't want to get um, killed. Well, no, no. Um, like, there, must be a, there must be a reason for them doing that because in the original I game, know. that was the case. And in the Reignited trilogy, mm. it was also the case. So I don't know if they'd, like, actually include that it's for, a, like, some... It's, it's, a li- it, it's a deliberate thing. I noticed it in Spyro 3 with one of the enemies that he didn't start until I started. That's um, so very I think strange. It, I, I, think, I think it's just a you know a boss like basically it's, like it's like a sit down and think about what you're gonna do next or whatever sort of thing. <laughs> oh. it's, it's like a it's like a, a Mexican standoff like yeah they're, they're thinking oh. what they're gonna do. I just remember another mission that's a bit annoying. You have to keep doing again is similar to the in Spyro Three. It's probably one of the only missions in that game I really don't like. It's this one where um, you've got these fireflies um, with bombs who. who uh, yes. To, yeah. yes, they write yes. these bombs so they can um, release dragon eggs from the cages, and you've got to lead them past all these rocks and mushrooms. Yeah. And if you if they hit they hit a mushroom or a rock, they they um, they lose, and then you keep keeps them go, oh, I went boom again. Yeah, and you have to do it all over again. Oh my god, it's like the bomb mission, the bomb guidance mission, essentially, where you have to like, yeah, keep, yeah. I 
literally, I'm going to say it, that is the worst mission in Spyro. <laughs> I hated, I hated it even more than the Tree Boy mission. Even more than Treetops? I hated it more than Treetops. And do you know so, what, I mean... So Treetops... In my defence, I had access to the internet when I did Treetops, because, like, I could get a tutorial or whatever and guide me, but, like... Oh, that mushroom mission is just so infuriating. So the irritating thing with treetops in the first game is that it's basically broken and impossible to know <laughs> what you're doing unless you find a walkthrough that basically explains to you in detail what you need to do. Because basically you have the supercharge, which allows you to like move around really fast and jump over like really like um you know high or long distances yeah and it's basically you have to make a ton of different really <sighs> elaborate jumps that you would never think to do yeah. ever um to get to this one specific island that a dragon statue is on that you cannot even see <laughs> like well, most okay. of the level you don't. You don't even know it's there. Well, this I mean, so you like... said that you. I remember you saying when you. I think when you replayed, you said if you're high, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that stuff. So I, I was doing a tutorial when I played the Reignited trilogy. I did. Oh, I'm going to say this now. I didn't complete 100. I didn't 100 the original trilogy on the PS1. I 100 percented mm. it though. I'm going. I'm going to edit in some proof of this. I 100 percent all the games on the Reignited trilogy. When I did the treetop missions, yeah. literally, as I was going through the tutorial, I was just like, seriously? Seriously? This is... A, 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 someone thought this was a good idea. Someone... What? that insomniac who thought up that? Like, what happens in that day that made him think he was going to well, well, design problem, that yeah. awful level? One of the problems with Spyro 1 is is the level design, where they, they really felt the need to have all of these hiding spots for some of the statues you need to find. And the problem with that is that some of these hiding spots, you like I said, you cannot see them anywhere on the map. Yeah. You literally have to, like just guess sometimes you'll need to like jump off like a thing towards a bottomless pit only then to go oh there's a thing i can land on like but you would have no way of knowing before you jumped into the void no. where most of the time i die are due to bottomless pits yeah yeah and that's that that's something i really noticed with spyro 2 is that Whereas with Spyro 1, there were a lot of bottomless pits. Spyro 2, they pulled that way back and you, like, barely see any at all. Um, Spyro 3, they kind of bring a few more back. But, man, like, Spyro 2, you can tell they just really reduced think... the amount of, like, oh, yeah. drop. One, yeah. one thing yeah. I noticed with the um, Spyro 3, um, that last home world, it's like mm. they, um, it seems like they increased the difficulty, but not in a... Um, Oh my god, this is so annoying! Kind of, it's kind of like it feels like a nice kind of challenge. It feels like yeah. it's, it's like it's yeah. um, you kind of gets engaged your brain, uh, yeah. but you're still in, you're still having fun. Yeah, it feels like you're in space or something because like the other like three hub worlds are like all grounded, like they're all normal. But then like the last one, you go you go up there with a rocket, and then once you're there, it's all like platforms and you know there's like a million bottomless pits that you oh, can fall down. That, I think it's uh, supposed to be a mountain. Midnight, midnight, midnight Gardens. Gardens. Midnight Gardens. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a lot. It's pretty scary in comparison to to the other like levels, which are all fairly nice and relaxed in comparison. Another thing that I noticed with Spyro 2 is that there are no enemies in the hub world, whereas there are enemies in in Spyro One. Mm. Um, so again, like the the second game really allows you to kind of take your time, whereas Spyro 1, you always feel a little bit on edge because there's, like, danger everywhere. Um, it's it's so the they, closest, they really closest to Resident Evil in that regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Resident Evil even has, like, it starts you off in some safe zones, like, you know, and then and then you run into your first zombie on, like, the second room you go into, so it's... It's, it does hit you with that. Yeah. I think I think a learning yeah. a learning curve can be like reflected from the game developers throughout the games though. Like the first game, let's be honest, yeah. like some of the levels are inaccessible. Like the tree lops level is not for from yeah. modern days, even back then it, it's yeah. not accessible. It's just like ridiculous. But then the second yeah. game I think is way more success like accessible. It's like it's so accessible to the point where like getting a, yeah. a full on one hundred percent is realistic. And, like, yeah. the third game builds up on that. It's, like, it's not only realistic to complete it, but also it's experimental. And they go... They, they're comfortable with the mechanics the that they build. I... Yeah. One Sorry. thing I found was interesting when I was replaying them all is I found... I thought Spyro 3 kind of felt like emerged elements of 1 and 2 because there's the... Um, it seems like in the first game, the um, when you kill one enemy, they turn into a gem. They bring it back for Spyro 3, same with the Egg Thieves who are absent from Spyro 2. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, the egg thieves. Shall we talk about the egg thieves? Because I don't think we've talked about them yet. We oh, haven't. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, go for they, it. Yeah. They are synonymous with Spyro and Irritants because I think a lot of people <laughs> were never able to catch those damn egg thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's all I I love the thieves. They were they were always a great challenge for me. Yeah. But I agree. Like the, the biggest thing with them is yeah, is that they're usually in spots where you can run off for like a cliff. <laughs> so they they're very meanly um, placed sometimes. But yeah, basically you have to run around and chase them to get the eggs. I I remember them most fondly from Spyro Three though. Like literally those missions were like oh, the yeah. most fun. Like I remember being really challenged when I was in high no not even high school mm-hmm. like. Uh, primary school or whatever like just like going after the thing going like yeah it's like oh my god this is so yeah. hard and also Inspire 3 Inspire 3 when they like they had the speed boost speed boost level yeah where you had to like yeah. kind of charge and there's like these arrows or whatever and then like platform you're running on mm. those were yeah, like the it. most stressful things ever but like when you got when you, <laughs> really when, mean. but when you got to the end of them it was just like oh my god Yes, I got the egg. <laughs> yeah, it's it so satisfying to thing. finally get them as well. Yeah, it's that it's that game feel. Like something about it. Like yeah, even finding the eggs is really satisfying because they open mm-hmm. up and like the little dragons running around and the little sound effects they yeah. make great. I, uh, I, I love the names of something. I remember in Evening Lake there is one you, you get the egg by going inside the whale and the, the um, a dragon inside the egg is called Jonah. Yeah. That's great. That's oh, <laughs> that's that's, that, that's an amazing thing. Is that there's literally a name for every dragon, so there's a dragon for everyone, mm. really. There's yeah, a dragon. Cerny, um, who's kind of modelled after Mark Cerny, who's a big guy. He's involved in like Crash and Spyro. He's up work Universal Interactive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, yeah. So last year they released Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel, which 
was fantastic. And they um, added in as a playable character, of, I think it's one of the Grand Prix. I did Spyro as a playable character, which was just amazing to me. I, <laughs> that's like the one thing the original game was missing, being able to play as Spyro. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and another point is um, there's a new Crash Bandicoot game coming out. Yeah, I, I want to talk about next this. Next month. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, I'm hoping that we'll get something similar for Spyro. Look, there's yeah, going to be a new Spyro game. There's going to be a new Spyro game. There is no doubt about it. It's like one of the, It was one of the best, best-selling video games to be released, the Reignite trilogy. And, mm. like, obviously people are in demand for both Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Literally, there's forums and, like, Reddit posts and Quora articles about it, like, just saying, like, bring back Spyro, you know? Yeah, yeah what I'd want from it was... I want some of, like, what it looks like we're getting some crashes. A brand new game that builds off of the original trilogy with yeah. like, the same that same gameplay, but adding new mechanics. Like, Crash has got, like, these new mask mechanics, which add new abilities. So it's, like, an extension of that original Crash trilogy, which a lot of people consider to be, like, the pinnacle of both franchises. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think it would it would be nice. I, this is the weird thing. I know we talked about like how the story doesn't matter too much, but I, I am kind of like I'd like to see all the old characters come back. I'd love to see um, the professor and uh, Hunter and um, oh, Bianca yeah, the, as well. I've yeah. seen and I've, um, the four. I forget her, her name from Spyro Two. The um, four, uh, Alora, Alora. Yeah. Yeah. Those two characters, yeah. the, Alora and the professor, they were in prominently in Spyro Two. Then they were barely in Spyro Three. I think. Laura only appears in like, the last cutscene in Spyro 3, and the Professor only appears in Agent 9's world. Yeah, yeah. I've no, seen... It'd, it'd be nice to see all these characters come back. Yeah, I've also seen videos discussing about, like, you know, Cinder coming back as well, like, being mm. introduced into the, like, new canon, as it were. So... I would oh. be cool. It would be nice to see, like, other small dragons. <laughs> Poor Spyro's all alone. Yeah, mm. you know, I don't know. I think it'd be very, very yeah. cool, so... Well, bring, well, if they do make a new game, as long as they bring back Tom Kenny, we'll hopefully be safe. So, yeah, oh, yeah, in terms course. of the game's quality. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's fingers crossed for the future of Spyro, I guess. I think we can't just um, hit on points for like every game in the series. Um, <laughs> We've touched on everything, yeah. I got the high score. Uh, or I beat the high score in the, in Spyro on the skateboarding Enchanted Towers level. Uh, oh, that's, okay. all, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish off, um, I will say, I was going to ask what our favourite game is. I think it's unanimously agreed that the Year of the Dragon is just the pinnacle of Spyro. It, it's... Wait, it, no, really, no, yeah. no. I think okay. I think Spyro 2 is the, my favourite one. Okay, that's okay. fair. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see that those two, two are pretty pretty close, but three just that edges it out for me. That's fair enough. I think Spyro 3, I've got a lot of nostalgia for it. But even then, like, replaying it now, it, it holds up. Like, because I'm not playing the Reignited trilogy, really. I'm just playing the original, and it holds up so well, even today. And I love, I actually love the story in it, you know, because it kind of builds up a little bit. It, like, whereas the first game, or the second game, rather, is, is basically uh, Spyro wants to go on holiday, and this annoying guy, Ripto, gets in the way. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, Spyro 3, it goes into, like, it has stakes. you got to... Oh, yeah, all the, definitely. Or the baby dragon. But you know, and, and I, think, it, I think that's what divides... I, I think that's what divides me and my opinion a little bit, because, like, 
there's a simplicity to Spyro 2 that I enjoyed. Like just like kind of like, oh, you got to defeat the bad guy and get back to your own world or yeah. whatever. As much and, as I love, as much as I love Spyro 3, I think Ripto's just the best villain. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's the funnest. Well, I think I think the fact that like, the stakes are low, it's a bit more cartoonish for me. It's a simplicity that I enjoy, you know, yeah. and like yeah. that's that's mainly the reason why I prefer the the second game. Yeah, no, no, of course. That's yeah. totally fair. But, 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 but also, I do love the second, the, the third game as well. The third game as well. The third, the third game is just so jam packed with like. Penguins. Yeah, penguins. Yeah. Um, like, course, no power. one says Enter the Dragonfly. No, please don't play Enter the Dragonfly. Uh, viewers and listeners just do not bother. I, I played Enter the Dragonfly as a kid. And never finished it because even though I was the biggest Spyro fan ever, even then I could tell the game sucked. So no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so on that note, um, yeah, we on have note. social media. We have two social media pages. Um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Bluecast Pod, and you can also email us at bluecast@outlook.com if you have any feedback for us or if you want to even suggest us in future episodes and tell us about your spyro experiences yeah of course and as well <laughs> as that um we are on apple podcast so please um give us a rating and review it really yeah. helps us out and also subscribe to the youtube channel and uh listen, listen to us on soundcloud i guess yes <laughs> yeah. yeah listen i listen to the podcast now while i'm baking it's surprisingly therapeutic so, that's amazing um, that's amazing yeah that's... i rec- i recommend it to all my friends all my family and uh everyone out there as well please check us out we we are an interesting bunch <laughs> we really are and... yeah James, would you like to do the, the honours of introducing what we're going to be talking about next time? Next time we'll be talking about X-Men movies. So the original sort of superhero movie franchise that inspired the MCU, the DCU, whatever thing. It's inspired the modern image of the superhero franchise. So keep and tuned for that. And the movies are interesting to talk about. Like, <laughs> well, actually, Rob, you, you well, go ahead, give us some well, examples. Well, let's um, talk about that next time. I mean, I'm, I'm watching them all now as research, and I watched The Last Stand yesterday, and my thoughts on that differ from James's, so that will be interesting to discuss. <laughs> we have conflicting opinions, so we will find out. All right, well, yeah. thank you guys. We'll, we'll speak to you next time. Until next time. Take care, everyone. Bye.